rolling. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings your Garage Object Podcast number 1,155, September 20th, 2023. It was 91 degrees on this day in 1895. I'm sorry, 91 degrees on this day in 1895, 1908, and 1931. And we had a low of 28 degrees on this day in 1962. Hail the flashlight, King! Hail you! And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. Yesterday we discovered or learned, the country learned, that... We were missing an F-35B Lightning II combat jet. Its pilot bailed out over Charleston, what, South Carolina or yes, North sir. Carolina? South mm-hmm. Carolina. South. And, and I had a couple of questions. Good. Uh, chief among them, uh, that, that pilot who jumped out was accompanied in an adjoining jet uh, by another pilot. And the the pilot who didn't have to uh, uh, evacuate his plane, he merely took it back and landed. And I wanted to know why why wouldn't you follow the now empty plane for God's sakes and and, and raise holy cane to get to alert people? Look out! We got a missing plane. Right, it's flying right. without a pilot. Maybe there was a discrepancy or some animosity between the pilots, kind of like uh, Iceman and <laughs> no. Maverick. And Isn't it their job to stay with the wingman? It's their Never job, Never leave right? a wingman. So right. in today's story, uh, it's a New York Times story. The only paragraph I get was, uh, uh, it was unclear why the pilot needed to bail out, so he still don't know anything. Right. And a second F-35 pilot who had also been on the training mission landed without any problem, said Tech Sergeant James Kaysen, a base spokesman. And the New York Times apparently settled for that. That I would not have. I don't know how they might have pursued it with this James Kaysen. Uh, I would have wondered, wait a minute, why did he return? Could you help us understand why he didn't follow the missing plane so you guys would know where it was instantly and then would not have turned out to be the butt of social memes? Right. Well, that's not answered. It's right. not answered. Mm-hmm. However, maybe I can help. <laughs> yes. Jump in. Because here at Garage Logic Investigates in our deep newsroom. We have a big newsroom in right. GL, mm-hmm. right below the uh, boathouse on the East Shore Spoon Lake. <laughs> we have received a report of an on site uh, eyewitness to the crash. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> and I, gentlemen, I'm going to need one minute and 45 seconds of your time to help clear up any misinformation. All right. I'm ready. ready. All right. I'm ready. I had a chance to talk to a man who lives out here. He told me he actually heard the plane as it was flying past his house and crashing nearby, but he didn't know what it was. I'm almost 
October 6th, I'll, I'll be 72 years old. Randolph White retired from his job at the paper mill in Georgetown 10 years ago. He lives in this house with his wife in a very rural area of Williamsburg County. Well, it's nice and quiet and peaceful, and I don't I don't have to worry about people that you know, close up tight. You know, I like space. He loves living about two miles away from where he grew up. Normally, it's pretty quiet, but on Sunday afternoon... I was in the, uh, in the bathroom taking a shave, and I heard a, a screeching, solid, between a screech and a whistle. <laughs> White says he didn't realize it was a plane at the time, so he didn't call anybody. The crash thought came to me. I said, well, must put a meteorite coming out of space or something? And I said, well, if the airplane, it needed to be reported. The thing was flying is too low. So yesterday evening, I said, the helicopters, I'm not out there walking. Choppers keep flying around. I said, well, something must have, somebody must have robbed a banker. Kill some people or whatever. So I walked up there. They told me it was about, about the plane. The F-35B airplane wreckage created an extensive debris field. The wreckage is located off Old Georgetown Road. Military security is very tight with numerous red and white signs on the side of the road that read, no trespassing. This area has been designated a national defense area. Just through the grace of God, nobody didn't get hurt. Because the church right up there, about a half mile. About a mile of Old Georgetown Road will be closed for an unknown period of time. Anything man-made can malfunction, you know, so you try to give them the benefit of the doubt. But it, it needs to be investigated, and the public needs to know what really happened. You know, it, it, it shouldn't be kept a secret what happened because, you know, it could have been a major disaster. And we have all of the information that we have been able to gather about this crash at our website. Just log on to countonto.com. Two things. Yeah. One, he's 100% easier to understand than Joe Biden. 100%, yes. And two, uh, my favorite part of interviewing that fellow was when he, he was so taken by the noise of this plane that he even had to mimic it himself. But he didn't bother to call anybody. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't mind his own business. What the hell, pal? Well, you hear this horrendous racket, and then it stops, and you thought... He just said, eh, ah, It's well, a country thing. We mind our own business. I guess so. His whole house shook, he said. Yeah, My whole house shook. shook. Everything shook. happened to this guy, but eh, yeah. I didn't want to call him. You know... <laughs> Finally, some news oh. I can trust. Oh. I, I, I will say when I and was... And he uh, and I share the same view. We want to know what happened. The uh, the one line that was making me nervous, but I figured we were safe because this ran on local television, local news, was uh, this line. I was in the, uh, in the bathroom taking a shave. Taking a shave. <laughs> shave. And I thought, oh, oh, he said shave. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know, you took okay, one. Okay, but- this has to stop. I'm sorry. I have zero control. Well, over that. I can't. It's 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 deflecting my eyeballs. Okay. What? You, we have a, these big eyeballs. screens on either side of us that are scrolling all of the info you want about Garage Logic, and the scrolling is catching my peripheral vision. And all it's doing inside Why your is brain it doing that? is saying. But he didn't call anybody. Oh, God bless you, sir. Did you, uh, if you guys saw that story, did you notice they had that place on lockdown? Oh, yeah. You weren't getting close to nothing. I know John saw the same news story I did. Where the reporter is standing, he's what, John, 100 feet, 100 yards, whatever. From where the road is closed off, and it's you ain't getting past this thing. No, right and you got you got fencing, and you got tape, and you got soldiers but, everywhere. So my question when I saw that, John, is, well, what if that's your land? What if that's your property? What the hell? 
<laughs> Good point. I don't know. Maybe they just said, sir, we're uh, cordoning off part yep. of your property right now. I was in the bathroom taking a shave. Taking a shave. <laughs> the oh. UN is meeting. And... <laughs> Where's Rookie? He's in the bathroom taking a shave. <laughs> That's going to be the new GL yes. thing, isn't it? Taking a shave. Well, <laughs> maybe, maybe he was... Back in a minute, no. I got to no. 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 When you shave, it's always a 30, 40-minute project. It's okay for you guys to start the show without me. I got to go take a shave. <laughs> you know what? My hat's off to that guy. Oh. Maybe he wasn't taking a shave. Oh, you think, Joe? <laughs> he was just... Charitable enough to to make that presentable, so he said, "I was in the bathroom taking, uh, taking a, a shave." shave. <laughs> well, good for him. He he wasn't lending to the crudity of our modern At civilization. Age, he's just happy to be able to take one. He's just happy to shave, wasn't he? Yes. No matter how long it's no, right. it doesn't matter how long. And then, oh. what time of day was that? I wonder. Well, the uh, interview two, was during the daylight. Oh, no, God. I know, but when did the plane oh. land in the field? Two, well, it took. Uh, it happened just before two p.m. when the pilot ejected. Okay. So two in the afternoon. So he was shaving so, in the afternoon. Yeah. And then, post, yeah, yeah post nooner. Right, yeah. right. And then once the plane landed, you heard. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't think to call anybody. <laughs> you know. The, the UN. I which knew, I, I told you. Joe didn't want me to spring that on him. He said, I need to know what you're going to play. I said, no. No, I liked it. It was wonderful. I'm glad. I love that guy. He reminds me of, I went down to get me a cold Cold pop. pop. And somebody, what was it, barbecuing or something. Somebody was barbecuing. Oh, I love that line. The UN, which I want out of my country, and I'm always losing that fight. Uh, I don't, for the life of me, understand what they've ever accomplished. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're now meeting, and... uh, we heard yesterday our president talking about something we don't know what uh in reference to ukraine that's on the world's radar uh you know death and calamity from war yes is rather important but then you've got the faction at the un who believes that the climate is the most important thing and i'm wondering if you guys read the remarks of petro uh, Gustavo Petro, who is the president of the country of Colombia. Okay. Oh, well, he's got us now extinct. Oh. Yeah, we're, we're, we're done. done for, huh? Okay. And he apparently has a reputation for his grandiose eloquency. Okay. He's very uh, well-spoken. He's flashy. But he's warning people, you know, if, if we don't do something. Impending doom. Where humanity is lost. And without hesitation has advanced the times of extinction, he notes. He spoke to the UN General Assembly. It would seem as though the global leadership has made enemies with life. It's like he's writing a romance novel. (laughs) Eloquent oratory is a skill Petro often deploys. Lately, he has done so to project himself as a global leader on climate change and to reproach others for failing to fully heed its peril, meaning the United States. Mm. He stole the show at the Brazil Amazon Summit in July, calling on his oil-producing neighbors to abandon fossil fuels. Just stop. Uh, At the UN, he said that what he called the crisis of life has begun, is signaled by migration of climate refugees, and warned that in the coming half century, their numbers will reach 3 billion, to which I would have asked Mr. 
uh, Petro. Sir, do you think people are storming into this country to avoid climate change? I don't think that's plausible. Yeah, right. I don't think that's plausible. Do you think the people disrupting our border now, which has become useless, do you think they're here because it's two degrees cooler than where they left? Mm-mm. Uh and, and then I, uh, this is a, an AP piece. I, I love this sentence. His country today covered by lush forests. Okay, in any other context, that would have been written as those forests are being decimated by evil entrepreneurs. But now suddenly it's, he has lush forests. So this guy really must know what he's doing. This yeah. is such BS. Uh, he said it's people will decamp in mass, no longer attracted by the sequins of the wealth, but by something simpler and more vital, water. Petro said mankind has dedicated itself to war, which has distracted attention and resources from developing goals and climate change. That's John Kerry-esque. Mm-hmm. Kerry is worried that the war in Ukraine will will divert people's attention from what Kerry wants us to understand is some impending doom. Uh, in any event, uh, this fellow went on with his prose. He's a very gifted speaker. Uh, he said, it has started from the farthest corners of the planet, meaning the migration, uh, from the last places, a silent march of people of different cultures that mix along the way as a painting of infinite hues. The colors mix along the unstoppable march. A multitude of all colors advanced by trails, oceans, and jungles. It configures a type of artwork on the canvas of the earth. A fluid of tones and sounds of different vestments and cultures amalgamate without losing their beginnings. This guy is in the wrong business. He should be writing. Uh, in any event, he's full of B as in B, S as in S in terms of extinction. I'm not taking my extinction orders from the president of Columbia. Right. Right. Well, along those who, lines. Who are you taking your extinction orders? I'm not taking them from anybody. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, along those lines, we learn, uh, I have it here, you just bear with your mayor. The UN chief, Guterres, is demanding $100 billion to fight, to fight climate change. Oh, okay. Well, that's who it? do you think he's demanding it from? The U.S. Uh, that's us. Mm-hmm. Uh, over 100 heads of government are expected to speak at the U.N. He wants $100 billion from developed countries to fight climate chaos. What, what chaos? No more dirty production, no more fake solutions, no more bankrolling climate denial, the U.N. chief demanded. Who, who is this fool? He's from Portugal. He has no business telling an American citizen how to live their life. Uh, Guterres portrayed the U.N. as a leader in the fight against climate chaos. They haven't done a damn thing. Right. Nor is there anything they can do. Throw money at it. He began his remarks noting the massive human loss in Derna, Libya, following the rupture of neglected dams. Now, are the dams neglected because of climate change? No. <laughs> no. They're neglected because of corrupt leadership. <clears throat> the casualties, uh, Guterres claimed, were the victims of climate chaos. Well, he's lying. 
They're they're not the victims of climate chaos. But he said it, and it's accepted, so it's true. Yep. Whether or not it's true or, or not. Did that make sense? I, I'm following I, you. Yeah. Speaking of which, and hardly linkable, but interesting nonetheless, who's the older of the two Obama daughters? Is, is there one named Sasha? Melina and uh, Sasha and Melina? Well, the oldest of the two okay. lives in L.A., and uh, the Daily Mail must have someone assigned to her. I don't envy her that. They must have some paparazzi assigned to her, capturing her in whatever outfit she's wearing and never failing to capture her having a heater. She loves those cigarettes. You know, and, yeah. And well. yesterday they captured her at the gas station where she was filling her car. Now, wouldn't you think, raised as she was with the BS she had to hear all her life, she could at least be driving an electric car? No, it's the, the, the Obamas, they have double standards. You know that, didn't he? Doesn't no. he own property in Hawaii on the ocean? And on Martha's Vineyard. And, yeah. Even so. though the oceans are going to rise and wipe so, his places no, out. it's double standards. She has a Subaru Outback. And she was shown at the gas station putting what we call gas into it. Uh, you can do that? Gasoline. Fossil fuel. Oh, fossil, uh, fuel. fossil fuel. Yeah. And, and seriously, you would think, given the hectoring she must have heard, of course, maybe in the private chambers of the White House, they were just, they didn't buy that BS. Right. Well, Malia know. is the older one. Malia. This is Malia. Yes. Then. And they always capture her in some... Uh, tight clothing or something. I don't wish that upon her. She should be able to uh, lead her life. But I found it interesting. The first thing I noticed. Wait a minute. She's, she's at a gas station. Mm. Of all the candidates for an electric car, which leads me into one of the world's great emails. Just a moment. Of all the candidates for an electric car, you would think an Obama daughter... Would be uh, would be right there. Right? Yes, you would think that would, would have would have drank would have consumed the, the Kool Aid. I got a note from Colin who writes, "Dear Mayor, in regards to the nine one one call of a non electric vehicle parked in a parking spot reserved for EVs, I want to share with you my recent experience at the local grocery store. This was nine nineteen, which would have been yesterday." Uh, there is a spot reserved for EVs, and I parked next to it. The spot itself was preoccupied with an EV charging. As I was leaving the store and walking by the customer service counter, I overheard a woman complaining that there is a vehicle parked in an EV spot. I left the store, placed my groceries in my vehicle, returned my cart to the corral, and as I was about to get in my vehicle, the woman and a store employee were walking towards me. There he is right there, said the EV owner. I rolled down my window and told her that the spot was not marked for EVs. The owner of the government car, it was a Tesla Model S, then told the store employee, you guys need to mark this spot. The EV owner then admitted she was being crabby. I drove away in my straight pipe V8 Tahoe and wondered if owning an EV is contributing to the mental health struggles so many people face today. The need to charge while shopping for groceries? Give me a break. I Googled it. They call it range anxiety, defined as the fear of an electric vehicle running out of battery power before reaching its destination or a charging station. 
If I had a longer grocery list, would my vehicle's description have been read on the PA system asking me to move my vehicle? Would the cops have been called? I may or may not seek that specific parking spot with my gas guzzler from now on. Keep pushing back. Colin Wabshaw, Farmington, Minnesota. Isn't that something? Yeah. I, uh... You go to the grocery store and you, you have to be worried about, you know, you have to charge your car. Range anxiety. I, I love that. You have to That's charge what, your government car. We get range anxiety when the dash starts beeping at us because we only have a, a half a mile of gas left in the tank. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. You're, you're never going to have that problem with a gas-powered scooter from EcoFun. I see. That turns every urban errand into an adventure. The scooters, the motorcycles, scoot stuff, well, and electric bikes. Hello. EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake and Burnsville is your electric bike capital of the world. Scootstar electric bikes are 25% off right now, MSRP. The Beach Star step-through electric bikes are uh, $14.99. Bintelli electric bikes are on sale at $13.99. Yamaha full suspension mountain electric bikes. That has to be a comfortable ride. You get oh, the man. big tires and the extra suspension, thirty four ninety nine. That's a grand help. off MSRP. Yeah. All right. Yamaha snowmobiles are in stock. I know it's gorgeous out, but you know darn well it's going to start snowing. And uh, they have the youth recreational equipment, service, helmets, apparel, and they're taking reservations for the pickup and drop-off winter storage which is a hell of a deal. I take advantage of it every year because you not only get the the scooters stored, but you get the battery tended and a full spring tune-up. Mm. So you're ready to go in the spring Let's when go. Tim, Tim brings it back to you. It's EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake. It's immediately west of 35 on Highway 97 in Burnsville. It's on the service road of life near County Road 42, EcoFunMotorsports.com. Yeah, let's go then. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Oh, here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, (laughs) sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. Um, I've started a craze here. I'm looking up an email while I stretch. Sheila, Sheila got a hold of me uh, on the uh, email thing there. Uh, Kenny, I used Bugs Be Gone on the front of my poor, neglected Corvette. I have not washed it all year, and all the bugs came off with ease, and there was a lot of baked-on bugs. Can't wait to drive a clean car again. It's really turning into something fun. People are letting them build up just so they can watch the bugs melt away. I've been doing it all summer, South Dakota, Iowa, northern Minnesota, Wisconsin. I drag home a whole bunch of bugs, let that windshield get so covered you can barely see through it, and then spray it on and watch them all slide down the glass. It makes scrubbing bugs off easy as pie and fun the sticky bond of bugs and crud breaks with the surface you wash it away with water no big deal safe for all i don't care if you've got a fiberglass corvette or an old desoto it's not gonna hurt your paint it's non-toxic it's water-based it leaves no film no haze when it dries you can find it everywhere you can use it on anything keep a couple of jugs on the ready all summer long. Another wonderful product from our friends at Seafone, 
Bugs be gone. Get your pencils and paper ready because I need you to take some notes in the event you're going to help me come up with the second half of my theory that I've developed. I was reading today that there's a nonprofit in St. Paul called the Great River Greening. All right. Okay. And they're going to receive a $10 million federal grant to finance the planting of 14,000 trees. Wow. The trees will help cool identified urban heat islands in Faribault, Owatonna, Brooklyn Center, St. Cloud, and St. Paul, areas where a lack of tree canopy and heat bouncing off concrete exacerbate the broil of climate change. Boy, these kids at the, these young People, this is Jennifer Borjus at the St. Paul or at the Star Tribune. She's really buying the BS, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The broiling of uh, climate change. The $10 million award will finance the planting of nearly 14,000 trees over the next five years under a new project called Cooling Minnesota Communities. Is that Operation Stay Cool? Yes. Planting will start in the spring, and Great River said Great River Greening Director Katiri Ruth. We're, thi- we're thrilled, Ruth said. This has the potential to make a huge impact on how people are living and enjoying their communities for decades to come. The grant came from the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Forest Service. No, it didn't. The U.S. Department of Agriculture's Forest Service does not have two nickels. Mm -hmm. The money's coming from you. Through the Federal Inflation Reduction Act, a huge climate bill Congress passed last year. It's the largest award Great River Greening has received in its decade-long history, Ruth said. A new tree program will focus on environmental justice. Targeting lower-income areas and communities of color, she said, the trees will be planted on school campuses, city lands, regional parks, and at homes. Uh, She said the Climate and Economic Justice Screening Tool provided by the government will identify the areas. Great River Greening is partnering with 15 other groups to plant, I'm almost done, to plant, support, and nurture the trees including city government, school districts, and other agencies and nonprofits. The program will include free tree giveaways to residents. Details are being fleshed out. The plantings will be a diverse mix of climate-resilient trees and native species such as oaks and large-leaved catalpa trees with their long (laughs) seed pods. The program will also offer gator bags those familiar slow-release water bags often seen around the base of trees. End of story. So I got to thinking. <laughs> yeah. The first thing I did is I divided 14000 into yeah. $10 million. And you come yeah. up with about $714 a tree. Uh, I, I think That's a that, nice tree. I think that math is correct. And then I got thinking to myself this morning, I'm thinking... What the hell does a tree cost? A new How tree. How much is a tree? I don't. I, do you I want never, a nice mm-hmm. tree or do you want an okay I get you tree? tree? I want a good tree. Okay. <laughs> so I went to the Google, and I put in how much does a shade tree cost? Okay. And sure enough, I just got 
reams of information, in, including from the Arbor Foundation. And I learned that, for example, you can buy a bur oak for twelve ninety nine. Oh, you can buy a red maple for thirty nine ninety nine. You, you can like, buy a river like, birch. You mean like at Gertens or yes, exactly. Uh, Bailey's? You can buy a river birch for twelve ninety nine. You can buy a northern catalpa for twelve ninety nine. Also, you could go to oh. Home Depot. You could go to uh, any nursery. Uh, as I've said before, I. Uh, there, there is nothing stopping anyone from planting a tree and doing so for reasonable costs. Now, we have turned the absence of trees into a social justice issue. Mm -hmm. That led me to my theory. I've written out the first half of it. I might need help closing the theorem. All right. And here we are. The possibility for common sense to exist in public matters has been eclipsed by oh, madness. The possibility for common sense to exist in public matters has been eclipsed by. And then I've come up with I came up with a variety of ways to conclude that sentence. It's been eclipsed by obviously an ever larger government. Mm -hmm. It's been eclipsed by the need to, uh, what's that word when you have a birthday party uh, and you, uh, you know, it starts out at a hundred bucks, but then you learn the neighbor has a birthday party and they're bringing in ponies. So you up the ante. There's a word for that. Oh, uh, envy? No. Yeah. You do it with the uh, 4th of July fireworks. <clears throat> Yeah. Same theory. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Okay. The, the possibility for common sense to exist in public matters has been eclipsed by the need to be too all-inclusive of things that have nothing to do with the topic at hand. For example. Yeah. yeah. All right. For example, the absence of trees. Uh, plant some trees is the common sense okay. and do it as reasonably as possible. Hell, the kids at the local high school could have a car wash, and you could bar probably buy fifty trees at twelve ninety nine. Guess what I mean? You yes. See what I mean? Yes. Mm -hmm. But now what you have is a ten million dollar grant, and that's just to here. So you can imagine that these grants are being awarded What's being divvied out all nationwide. over the country yeah. to plant trees, and because it's now not just planting a tree, it's an equity issue, it's a social justice issue, it's an environmental justice issue, and when you say environmental justice, there's a whole host of groups that must be accommodated. When you say racial justice, uh, a problem, there's a whole host of groups that must be accommodated. When you say it's an equity problem, there's a whole host of groups that must be accommodated. And the poor $12.99 tree has become a $714 tree <laughs> because you are, uh, you are funding such a wide variety of dynamics that go into the planting of a $12.99 tree, which now costs $714. Hmm. So the possibility for common sense to exist in public matters has been eclipsed by. There's no greater local example than the fretting being done about what to do about the third precinct building in Correct. Minneapolis. Correct. The common sense answer is you have a standing building with a functioning foundation that needs to be renovated. End of story. 
But now you're accommodating racial justice groups. You're accommodating anti-police forces. You're accommodating equity issues. You're accommodating uh, neighborhood groups. You're accommodating a, a whole host of people that interfere with common sense providing you the answer you needed in the first place. Hmm. And the answer you needed in the first place by the way, they they have gone this far in Minneapolis. They've they've scrapped downtown for the third precinct. The council members miraculously came to their senses, no matter how long that has taken, and said, "We're not going downtown." It they should, still don't know what they're going to do. It should at least not be not in the third precinct. Is that the, the conclusion? Well, they, they still drew? don't know what they're going to do. But yeah. the common sense answer is: you have a building that could be quite easily renovated with great responsibility exhibited to the taxpayers. And if it's George Floyd you're worried about, call it the George Floyd precinct. I don't care. Put a park, plant flowers around it. Do whatever you want. But the common sense answer is no longer possible. It's no. It's not even that the common sense answer isn't, isn't considered. The common sense answer is no longer possible. Possible in public option. matters. Right, it's it's no option. longer an option <laughs> to exhibit common well, sense. Well, I'm going to answer your earlier question by saying it is. This is taking place nationwide. Yeah, okay, of course it uh, is. You're getting um, with an existing program or with this startup program, Chris. Any any public program, the possibility of common sense cannot exist. I'm talking about because the, of absurdity. Well, that's that's sure. my answer. Yeah. All right. And Chris, uh, you go ahead first, and then I've got something. I've got a bombshell no, go to drop on go you ahead. fellas. Go ahead. This program, which, what did you narrow it down to per tree cost? Per tree is $714. This program is already in progress and has been used and in effect for years and years and years and years and years. Mm -hmm. um, I went to my local soil and water conservation district whom i purchased 100 norway spruce from in mm -hmm. 2006 for 100 dollars mm -hmm. i went to their website this is uh here's a list of this year's costs they're already sold out on trees mm -hmm. plantings are by hand or with a tree planter it's mm -hmm. 75 dollars per tree mm -hmm. with our tractor for planting it's two dollar per bare root tree hand planting, mm -hmm. $4 per tree, potted hand planting, one gallon, mm -hmm. minimum of $150. Mm -hmm. So you can, what did you say? $750? $714 a tree. And Joe rounded down. The Soil and Water yeah. Conservation District of Douglas County has has that same, uh, that number at $2 per tree. $2. And, and the larger and much more sad realization is that makes no difference. They don't care. That this can be done. They don't care. It's that it's already being done. How many people, for example, even though they're called nonprofits, how many people have to get paid out of the $714 a tree? A nonprofit just means they don't have a profit at the end of the year, but they can still spend as but much. But they money still as they get want. a salary, right? They still have computers right. and copy paper <laughs> yes. in their office, and, and they're putting these trees in the hands of civilians, right? 
Well, there, the uh, that's these are questions we don't necessarily know. If they're going to plant them in public parks, you would presume that public employees would plant them. Uh, school employees might plant them on the school grounds, and then homeowners are also eligible to get some of the trees, and presumably they would uh, plant them themselves. And if that's the case, you have to be dedicated and have a heavy emotional investment to keep these young trees growing for the first, I'm going to say, five years. That's why you got your gator bag. I watered the hell out of those Norway spruce for the first five years. So why? I've done yeah. I sat in a it, lawn chair. Yeah, it's an emotional investment. You've got to be there. You can't yeah. let it go. You have to be there for the tree. Yes, newsman. Uh, I looked at their website, Joe, and you talked about the uh, number of folks they may be paying. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a staff page, and they have 25 staff members. Okay. Counting, and counting all the are big shots. Some, and are there the some job titles? Uh, certainly. I can give you, uh, let's see, field coordinator, right. communications and events coordinator. All right. Uh, environmental stewardship director. Sure. Senior program manager. You have to have one. Seasonal restoration technician. Of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, we have ecologist. Absolutely. Have that one another, actually makes sense. Another ecologist. Right. Uh, then we have the naturalist and outreach coordinator, uh, the program manager for Southern Minnesota, mm-hmm. the grants administrator. we got to have a grant. That's yeah. their key person right, right there. Yeah. Well, advancement director. We sure. have project manager. We have another finance and administration manager. We have another ecologist. Uh, we have a lead restoration technician. That's number two, I think, of that. Holy S. We have an executive director, a greening solutions manager, director of finance and administration, uh, Twin Cities Metro program manager, intern. <clears throat> I suppose the intern doesn't get paid. Well, maybe they do. Yeah, know. right. And then we have another seasonal <clears throat> restoration technician. Um, John, what's what, that's a where tractor are they, driver? That's where me. are they located? Uh, we don't need a specific address. I can tell you if I can. Uh, it's the located, PO box right next to Feeding Our Future. Yeah, right. Now it's it's in a suite <laughs> in St. Paul. It's in a suite. Oh, in a suite in St. Paul. I can wonder we? if it's downtown. <clears throat> It's Starkey Street, uh, 251 yes. Starkey. I don't think I'm Starkey not is. familiar with Starkey Street, and I pride myself with my geographical knowledge. I wonder how many, well, this is going off topic, but I wonder how many work from home. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's go back to the, you gave us a list of the kinds of trees, because I, I think they're... I looked them up quickly. You can get a burr oak for twelve ninety nine. I can get your red maple. Does it hold its needles? Oh, yeah. I can get your river birch. Oh, oh, I love oh. river birches. Okay, they're, where, they're not that hardy in an urban area, but they're twelve ninety nine. Where did you look them up? Are these on their website? Yeah, that That's, was on the website of the Arbor Day Foundation. These, these <laughs> Joe, these are hardwood trees mm-hmm. that take four ever right. to grow forever if they so, wanted to help the environment they would have all softwoods that reach a height of 20 years in five or uh, 20 feet in five years you know what i mean a burr oak that takes 200 years to grow you know what the great irony is too uh, <laughs> in, a, in a place oak. <laughs> in a place like the twin cities uh, trees are an invasive species yeah yes. they are when you look at pictures of the Twin Cities in 1890 and 1900, this was these were the plains. Yep. We were the plains, and we didn't have trees. Right. There were no trees. How did we start fires? 
Uh, you rub two sticks together. Got and it. we've had problems with, you know, as you, well, I'm not telling you anything, almond ash, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but if they wanted to be effective, it would be fir trees or softwood, cottonwood. Um, um, Weeping willows. It willows. So, yeah. so far in St. Paul, uh, that program you started the story with, yeah. uh, and you mentioned this, these were twelve ninety nine. All they've planted so far in St. Paul as part of this program are the northern catalpa. Mm-hmm. So that's the only tree they've planted uh, here at this yeah. point. I'm sorry, but Reavers is right. This is feeding our future tree style. Yep. This is a boondoggle. Mm-hmm. This is fraud. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I would, I oh. would, uh, no, I would recast your remarks and I would say it this way it's a boondoggle insofar as it is employing people, none of whom are necessarily fraudulent. Okay. But what they're up to is ridiculous. They're getting paid a salary. All of this, these job titles John listed are getting a salary to, to, that reduces the cost of a $714 tree, probably down to $1,299, which you wouldn't need a program to go and buy. And here's how they got their grant initially. Ground. A magnificent tree was murdered. The mighty dollar cut it down. Mighty dollar cut it down. There's a hole in the sky where the tree once it's was. It's a new theory in GL. I remember the as possibility a- for common sense to exist in public matters has been eclipsed by the need to address too many other matters. As Boy Scouts in the, I'm going to say, 70s, we had to go up to Park Rapids and spend a day planting fir trees oh, yeah. in an area of the forest that had burned. We did it at was- River Bend Nature Center. We did the Each same Each guy thing. gets a spade and yep. a bucket of trees. Yep. They have and a, then a you volunteer. hold one, one out of 100 grow. Go ahead, John. Oh, down they have a, go ahead, volu- John. I'm sorry. They have a volunteer page also on their website where they ask for volunteers, and then they have pictures, and it's basically doing what you just said, Kenny. It's volunteers with spades planting trees. So the question becomes, like Joe said, $10 million, really? 714 bucks a tree? Why not just you know get what you can, get volunteers, go plant some trees for twelve ninety nine dollars And follow up for the next five years. Every tree exactly. needs water. No. Come on. We're having a drought here. Okay, but let's, let's answer the common sense part. Uh, because the left will say we're going to get the twelve ninety nine. Well, because they they think only collectively. Let's say you have a neighborhood uh, in Minneapolis uh, that's noticeably absent of trees. Is there is nothing to stop the neighbors from getting together and sitting around in somebody's garage and saying, "You guys want to plant some trees? Yeah, let's go." Well, yeah, I think that'd be a neat idea. Well, why don't we? Why don't we figure out a way we can raise a few bucks here? We'll go over to Home Depot and we'll get some trees. And this Saturday, or let's Fratelloni's. plant some trees or Fratelloni's Hardware and <laughs> Garden Store. Let's let's and, and then the neighbors might say, "I'll throw in twenty, like they do for alley plowing in St. Paul. Sure, you got to throw in your twenty, you get your alley plow, or raising money for the local high school, whatever. Yeah, exactly. So then, then the neighborhood is just suddenly taking care of the entire problem in five minutes. Bingo, bango, and bongo. And how about it, on their also on their website they ask for donations and they have certain levels that'll you know if you give them five hundred bucks you'll be able to get a half acre of new pollinator habitat covered with trees just take donations have one or two people who run the joint you don't need ten million from the government you're going to get enough money to pay your guys and plant trees I mean isn't that basically what should happen I, What should I, happen? I know of a golf course where there's a beautiful plaque in the clubhouse. 
naming all the people who contributed to a tree fund. Hmm, sure. Every one of those trees has been cut down. <laughs> oh, no. Well, Whoops. that reminds me of Minneapolis's plans where they never leave a boulevard alone. Oh, yeah. If they have to cut down a diseased tree on a boulevard, they replace it with two trees. And what they do is they stick the tree in the ground and then never come back to water it. And they expect the landowner or whoever lives nearby to take care of Would it. Would that golf course be near <laughs> Summit where we're going to bulldoze all those trees down too? To put, create the bike far, It's not that far away. But the one thing we're missing here, Such, is they're planning, if they, they're planning for Burr Oaks, they're planning for 100 years right. out. Right. The world isn't going to last that long, my it's friend. It's, it's wasted true. money. No, we're going to die by then, aren't we? So we're what are they melt. doing? What are, what are doing? they doing? Well, let and me then just my, conclude class. No, no, saying, no, 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 no well, not yet. Well, my well, second I know point, it's not yet, but he's, well. I'm getting flagged by Reavers here. <laughs> uh, sh- calm down, Chris. My second point <laughs> is the private sector can do all of this better than the government. So what we need to do... The five of us, the staff of Garage Logic, is—we've got to put together a tree planting service, and we need to be the ones cashing the check. Mm-hmm. I ain't planting no trees. No. Starkey is located off of wait. Plato Boulevard in Wabashaw. How much the lower flats yes. there? Yes. How much? Wait, I wrote it down. Actually, I took notes. Ten million dollars, yep. and you're saying I ain't planting a tree? Well, that's true. I'm in. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. in. I guess, I guess I can help out. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Your your assignment, should you choose to accept it, is to prove upon this theorem the possibility for common sense to exist in public matters has been eclipsed by. I say it's been eclipsed by the need to address a variety of other matters that have nothing to do with the matter you're discussing. That's too winded. My vote is absurdity. Right. Just one word, absurdity. Right. Uh, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. What do you got a, there, Brad? Well, I got another testimonial for Precision Garage Door of the Twin Cities. Kelly writes, I became a new customer today with Precision Garage Door. Made an appointment online Monday. Scheduled them from Wednesday, that's today, from 8 to 10 a.m., Adam Mitchell was there at 8, and I got a text message on his approximate arrival time. He went to work and fixed my problem pronto. I mentioned Garage Logic and got a nice discount. Great vendor, great service, great guy, Kelly. I'm telling you, these people are going to become your new garage door guy, and you get the whole family. Precision Garage Door of the Twin Cities. Five-star Google ratings are common. They get great comments from customers, as I just alerted you to. They're available on weekends, which they don't charge more for. Love that. They serve the metro and western Wisconsin. Love that. And they take care of everything, including if you need a new door. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's Precision Garage Door of the Twin Cities. They fix garage doors correctly. Go online at precisiondoormn.com or call them directly at 612-263-6985. Flashlight, check. Tool belt, check. Slide Attitude, whistle. check. Yes. He's going in. <laughs> Joe Souchere. All right, Bob and Ray fans, listen up. <laughs> Give it to me, Chris. Was it one of Bob and Ray's kids? Wasn't he on Saturday Night Live? Chris Elliott. Chris, Chris Elliott, Elliott, yeah. Funny oh, really? Funny as funny guy. Bob Elliott yeah. and Ray Goulding. The guy underneath the no. seats <laughs> on Letterman. <laughs> <laughs> MGLNS, Maple Grove Lock and Safe.com. 
That's where you're going to meet Rich, the owner and proprietor, for the very first time. See the best safes ever made. Fitting and filling customer. Why am I echoing? Hello, check one, two. Check one, two. Um, making you happy. That's Rich's deal. You'll see him right there on the website. The service, the advice, the guidance from Rich will take all the mystery out of the purchase process. When it comes to protecting our valuables, Maple Grove Lock and Safe is the best option in the Midwest. He's been at it for over 30 years. Maple Grove Lock and Safe, they have just the right unit to fit your needs. And Rich is the guy that's going to talk you through it. And um, he's going to help you reach your expectations and find the safe that best fits your needs. He also offers full commercial and residential lock and safe services, including repair and refurbish refurbishing. Uh, if you hadn't had a chance yet, please log on to maplegrovelockandsafe.com, or better yet, stop in there and meet Rich. He's at 6901 East Fish Lake Road in Maple Grove. <laughs> John, you'll remember that Bob and Ray, I can't do it justice, but they did a wonderful bit one time on The Tonight Show when they had a spelling bee. Mm-hmm. And Carol Wayne was one of the contestants. Mm-hmm. The, the busty, oh, yeah. the busty cat. Carol Wayne. Oh, uh, uh-huh. And Ex- a very... Gradualistic, very... expialidocious. Yeah, cat. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> that is wacky. And the that other contestant was not as attractive. And they gave the, yes. that one... All, I can't do it justice the way they did it, but they gave... You know, Carol Wayne cat, and right, then they right, would yeah. help her spell right. it. You know? Come on, yeah. Yeah, that's good, there, good stuff. Best bits. Remember Wally Ballou, his yes. man on the street interviews, yes. hysterical. Yes. He was a hey, news reporter, uh, and he ended up talking to a yeah. Rook. Rook, who's on first? I don't know. Thank no, guys. he's on second. Oh, hey. What? You, you guys are about thirty years old. It's like talking tomorrow. music with you guys. I can't even talk comedy because you guys are idiots. No, John, that um, offends uh, me. I can talk both music well, you and can. comedy. No, you can't talk music. But yes, no, obviously, can. you like you like Bob music. and Ray. You can talk comedy. just because uh, Forrest Whitaker was your favorite guitar player, whatever the hell For, his name. Forrest Roger Whitaker. Yeah. He's yeah. an actor. Yeah, okay. Roger Whitaker. Here's he your died. wait. Here's the your guy. News. The guy that can talk comedy is the comedy. same guy we had believing that there's a zip line in Winona that goes over an alligator pit. <laughs> I thought there was. <laughs> yeah, I know you did. Wait, I kept saying, where did you get the alligator? Hold on. Kenny, what did Joe think there was again? Uh, the gator gauntlet? He, he thought that existed. A zip line? No. Yeah, the zip line. Jeez, Kenny obviously doesn't understand. He didn't get the setup for the word zip line. <laughs> oh, I guess I should have watched more Ray and Bob. <laughs> Bob and Ray. <laughs> I love the question, can the children ride the gator gauntlet? Yes, if they're old enough to hold their feet up high, they will have the thrill of a lifetime. <laughs> All right, let's do some news. And Shall stop we? this nonsense about Bob and Ray. Uh, In the news, the Hennepin County Attorney's Office said it is reviewing the findings submitted by the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension related to the fatal shooting of Ricky Cobb II by a Minnesota State Patrol Trooper. News released from the Attorney's Office states that Hennepin County Attorney Mary Moriarty met with Cobb's family on Monday to notify them the BCA would be submitting their case and that she remains committed to a fair decision-making process. Uh, Her release states, we've learned from the BCA that there are State Patrol employees who have thus far refused to cooperate with the BCA's investigation. These are individuals who may not, uh, who are, excuse me, who are not the subject of the investigation, but may have relevant information. An attorney for the Cobb family, Bakari Sellers, said we're disappointed in the officer's lack of cooperation. We look forward to a fair and transparent investigation by the Hennepin County Attorney's 
office. Another point of contention arose apparently when uh, Governor Walls and members of the Hennepin County Attorney's Office met with Cobb's family after the shooting. In a response, the Minnesota Police and Peace Officers Association wrote a public letter denouncing that private meeting, saying that it specifically undermines the due process, rule of law, and rights of our law enforcement officers. The MPPOA also demanded the Attorney's Office preserve all records of communications and meetings between Cobb's family and the governor's office. The Marion County Sheriff's Office in Indianapolis is looking for the public's health uh, public's help in providing information on the whereabouts of 28-year-old Kevin Mason. Mason is wanted for a 2021 homicide in Minneapolis. Somehow, he was mistakenly released from jail due to faulty records review by civilian staff in Indianapolis, according to a news release from the sheriff's office there. Mason was wanted on three Minnesota warrants, including the murder warrant. He's five foot nine inches, weighs 205 pounds. He has a cross tattoo under his right eye and sub SUB tattooed on his chest. He also has a neck tattoo. He faces a second degree murder charge in connection with the shooting on June 11th, 2021 outside of Shiloh Temple. Mason is accused of fatally shooting 29-year-old Dontivius Catchings in the parking lot while a funeral is happening in the building. Witnesses told police Mason left the state after that shooting. City councilors in St. Paul are expected today to vote on that potential ban of smoking marijuana, hemp, and tobacco in certain areas of the city. The amendments approved during last week's meeting limit the ban to city parks and also within 25 feet of entrances, exits, and windows of public spaces and places of employment within the city. The change would also allow business owners and the director of Parks and Rec to create designated smoking areas. The original proposal called for a ban on smoking tobacco, hemp, and cannabis products in all city-controlled public places. Uh, In addition, if you get caught smoking where you're not allowed to, you don't get a ticket. The first violation would be enforced through education and requesting compliance. Can you smoke pretty much anywhere you want, John? In the, boys, in the boys' room. Yeah. <laughs> Brownsville Station. Thank you. Okay, After that's that, the last time you play that. <laughs> well, it wasn't even needed there. See, it was a music reference. But yeah, After that, any... About the crew. No, it's, well, actually, the original is Brownsville Station. After that, any oh, violations may result in a citation... <laughs> Honest to God. Love it. Well, it was Brownsville Station. I'm on John's side here. The Brownsville Brownsville Station Station version is the only, it's the only version. But Molly Crew made it cool. No, 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 they did not. They made it a parody. Sorry. (laughs) Previously, a proposal called for anyone who smokes in a designated non-smoking area to get a petty misdemeanor. Uh, three public schools in Edina and the community center closed today in response to what the district superintendent said were voicemail messages that posed a potential safety threat. All of this follows the arrest and charging of a 17-year-old boy from Minneapolis who's accused of posting online a video of himself last week displaying a gun outside Edina High School and making a vulgar threat. That incident prompted the high school and adjoining Valley View Middle School to shift to online-only instruction last Friday. Automated district-wide phone alert today said there's two concerning messages left on the voicemail of Normandale Elementary School. They are waiting for word from police on the credibility of the threats. In the meantime, the superintendent said she's closed three schools. The 17-year-old charged with two felonies for allegedly posting online a video of himself displaying a gun outside Edina High School and making a threat is Nasruddin Abdirashad Warsami. 
He's been charged in Hennepin County Juvenile Court with felony charges of gun possession and threats of violence. Now, there is a fellow in town who is the director of the Twin Cities International Schools named Abdirashad Warsami. But, you know, for all I know, Abdirashad is Pete or, you know, Jim or something. I mean, it might be a very... Maybe they're not related is what I'm saying. Gotcha. But an emailer uh, showed me those two, Hmm. uh, wondering if they could be linked together, and I find no way they can. Even if if Warsami, the school guy, is this guy's dad, what does that got to do with anything? Right. Yeah. It's a, well, uh, if, it, if it, they were connected, it would just be a bad look. It's a bad optic, yeah. but I don't no. know. That, uh, Abdirashad might be a very common name in Somali yeah, language. That I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the next story, I think we can blame one person sitting in that room right there. Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport topped a customer satisfaction survey a year ago, but it has fallen to number two. Oh, you won't get a medal now. Sorry, Rick. I don't like to hear that. Who's number one? Yeah. Number one is Detroit Metropolitan Wayne County Airport. Well, I've been there many times, and I ain't ranking that number one. Well, apparently they've made some upkeep, as the story will tell us. (laughs) Yeah, and you get one inch of snow, and that airport closes down. down. Well, that and that, no one travels to Detroit, so maybe well, you, you got the whole you place to, to stop yourself. There to go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, it's always a stopover. Always. Detroit had a score of 800, and MSP ranked second, very close, 796. Ooh. Harry Reid International near Vegas ranked third at 787. That used to be McCarran International. Yeah. McCarran yes. Field. Yeah. <clears throat> according to the JD Power 2023 North American Airport Satisfaction Survey, the study measures overall traveler satisfaction with mega, large, and medium North American airports on a 1,000-point scale by examining six factors. In order of importance, they are terminal facilities, airport arrival and departure, baggage claims, security check, check-in baggage check, and food, beverage, and retail. Minneapolis still achieved second or third in those categories, but the Detroit airport has re-strategized its food, beverage, and retail, boosting satisfaction in this year's... I went to Vegas not infrequently to cover sporting events Mm -hmm. in the 70s, in the early 80s. And I haven't been there in a long time. I bet it's unrecognizable to me. You wouldn't recognize it. it. I went a lot in the late 80s, early 90s. Yates, a guy I used to work with, said he saw um, Sammy Davis Jr. playing slots in McCarran, and he said it was the most heartbreaking thing he's ever seen. Hmm. Well, Are you I sure it wasn't a of, fake, Sammy? Like a, I saw the Three Stooges at the Milwaukee airport. And that don't was tell pretty, me that. That was pretty sad. Well, I saw ZZ Top backstage at Target Center. Big well, deal. I seen, uh, I seen, uh, I don't know what I seen. One time I saw Bob and Ray. <laughs> <laughs> why, don't we, why don't we take a break? And, and I'm going to drive over there and slap you. Guys, okay? I'll be there in just a minute. Let's talk to Rook first. Yeah, <laughs> let's uh, let's heat things up a little bit here with the. Uh, oh, you're well, to You got this for that. Yes. A Will you get rid of that thing? <laughs> you don't need a slide whistle to know that Welter's going to help you, right? That's for sure. Welterheating.com is the website. You can call and... It's the slide whistle season. It is. Tis the season for slide whistles and to retire your air conditioner for the year. Yes, you might be uh, unplugging that, baby, but let's put it out of commission the proper way, and you do that by learning how to do it right. And get in touch with the people at welterheating.com. 
a live body will answer the telephone, not a recording, not press six for uh, talk to a person or whatever. 612-825-6867, 612-825-6867. It's a pretty expensive piece of machinery, and to shut down your air conditioner the wrong way is a really bad idea. So if you're not sure or it's making some noises, maybe it needs to get treated a little bit. And maybe just quick needs a tune-up. Get in touch with Welter. Online at welterheating.com. They have 100 years of experience, four generations for your furnace, for your air conditioner, for your air purification system. Don't trust anybody else, any fly-by-nighter that's got a crazy jingle. Trust welterheating.com. Air conditioner, heat your shelter with Ray N. Welter. Fast, very fast. Yep. <laughs> Truth, justice, and the Souchere. North American Banking Company. They were proud sponsors of our run for Garage Logic's 30th anniversary celebration, and they are now here for you and your family and your business if you'd like to make the switch from the big national bank. I did this a couple of months ago, and I'm very happy that I did, and I know that you will be too, and they do understand that there is no shortage of banking options in the Twin Cities. So if you're tired of just being a number to your big national bank, then be sure to check out my friends at North American Banking Company. Here's what's up. They offer for the same online and mobile banking options as the other banks, but with the unparalleled service of a community bank. And they are also locally owned and operated. That's huge because that means loan decisions are made right here in the Twin Cities. They are not sent out of state. So this helps business owners solve problems quickly and expand their business with confidence. And they also offer uh, a number of different things. So check them out online, nabankco.com. That's nabankco.com. Their six locations are Roseville, 50th in France, Hastings, Woodbury, Shoreview, and their new branch in Maple Grove. North, Amer- North American Banking Company, member FDIC, is an equal housing lender. In other news, President Biden's lead over former President Trump has diminished in a new poll that shows the 2024 frontrunners locked in a dead heat. The latest YouGov Yahoo News poll found that Biden and Trump are now tied at 44 percent among registered voters, with 7 percent being undecided and 4 percent saying they will not vote. This suggests that support for Biden has dipped as Trump's support slowly ticked up under the shadow of four criminal indictments. Republican senators are growing alarmed at Speaker Kevin McCarthy's inability to pass spending legislation over the staunch opposition of a small group of conservative rebels and fear a government shutdown might be just days away. Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell, who's had to deal with political fallout from government shutdowns, warned his fellow Republican lawmakers on the other side of the Capitol that shutdowns are, quote, a loser for Republicans politically. McConnell made his comments after House Republican leaders canceled the key procedural vote on a stopgap funding measure that was scheduled for 2.30 in the afternoon amid opposition from disgruntled conservatives. The scrapped vote raised fresh concerns among Republican senators over whether McCarthy will be able to pass any bill to keep the government funded beyond September 30th. John, did uh, old father time there mention anything about shutdowns just being bad for the nation in general or only uh, politically for Republicans? That's, that's, I didn't, any I didn't any mention for, yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah. Update on the story we talked about yesterday, the White House this morning unveiling a new climate jobs training program. That it oh, says put, dear God. <laughs> put 20,000 people to work in its first year. On projects like restoring land, improving communities' resilience to natural disasters, and deploying 
clean energy. The American Climate Corps mm. is modeled after a program that put millions to work during the Depression. The program will pay participants, and most positions will not require previous experience. Yes, sir, in the back. Downing had a great point. It's not analogous to the Civilian Conservation Corps. They actually worked. They did heavy lifting. They uh, were out in the mud in the weather, and they slept in crummy tents, and they had to haul rocks and chop down trees. And mm -hmm. the, these are just going to be failed academy graduates who are going to pester you. <laughs> this is <laughs> man buns and Mountain Dew. Time out. This is. You said 20,000, right, John? 20,000. Yes, uh, 20, that's 000. the first round of hiring. But my, my question is, is this the, you know, when we're touting out, look at how many jobs we've created. This is what we're going to be bragging about, right, when we're on the campaign trail? The possibility of common sense in public matters cannot exist. Hmm. I didn't Biden. play the slide whistle there. I hope there. not. Yeah. Biden first called for the government to find a way to establish a civilian climate corps in an executive order during, the first, uh, during his first week in office. The president said he had hoped the corps would mobilize the next generation of conservation and resilience workers and maximize the creation of accessible training opportunities and good jobs. And Where does the environmental justice squad figure in with the core? Are they part of it? Um, are we going to be turning in our neighbors at any point? No, this is We're a brand new searching for violators. It's a yeah. brand new group. Book book bans and attempted bans continue to hit record highs, according to the American Library Association, and they're saying the efforts now extend as much to public libraries as school-based libraries. Through the first eight months of 2023, the ALA said they tracked 695 challenges to library materials and services, about a 20% jump in the number of unique titles involved. School libraries had long been the predominant target, but in 2023, reports have been near equally divided between schools and libraries open to the general public, according to the ALA. Meanwhile, at least one book story making national headlines this week, a Texas middle school teacher fired after assigning an unapproved illustrated version of Anne Frank's diary to her eighth grade reading class. Per a report from KFDM, a spokesperson for the Hampshire Finette ISD County, located south of Beaumont, Texas, released a statement confirming the teacher was sent home on Wednesday after reading a passage from Anne Frank's diary in which Frank wrote about male and female genitalia. An investigation into the incident has since been ensued, and the teacher has been fired. Uh, Frank, of course, was a Jewish teenager, journaled her experiences. She and her family hid for two years during the Nazi occupation of the Netherlands. Her diary, which was published in 1947, has been used in schools for decades. While previous versions of the diary omitted sections in which she wrote about sexuality. The 2018 graphic novel adopted by Ari Fullman and illustrated by David Polanski remains faithful to her original text Fullman's parents are holocaust survivors what uh context did anne frank refer to the genitalia i'm remember. unaware i can't I remember, remember that it, part it was i read it yesterday uh it concerned uh pubic hair etc uh, so noteworthy what? prodigious so, yes yeah. and uh also uh, comparing a f uh, another girl's uh chest to I her see. own well you know what uh, i'm not banning it so, all, all the stuff that kids do. We, yeah. But yeah. I think this is worthy of further discussion. I'm not trying to be funny here, nor am I ever really in general. That's but true. The, <laughs> the, 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 we're painting with too broad of a brush when we use the term book banning. Yeah. Because yeah. the governor, Governor Walls this morning was talking about Florida, and there's some right and there's some wrong there. 
The problem is, okay, I don't want the book Gender Queer in my son's elementary school. It's very graphic. Extremely graphic. And there are those groups that say, well, you're banning book. Well, yeah, I don't want that book in my kid's elementary school. Yeah. Sorry. I don't but you, you. But you get what I'm saying? When we use that term, we have to have context involved here. But some of well, these fruitcakes are banning <clears throat> Huck Finn. I, I agree. Right. And, and I think that's that, not okay. I think you must read it. Right. Can I uh, talk to you a second there, uh, Tipper Gore? Yeah. Uh, uh, the <laughs> Tipper Gore. Wow. Reavers, uh, Reavers, the bigger stink you make about it, the more popular the book is true. going to become. Very and true. those kids will seek that title out elsewhere, true. and they will read it because mom and dad said it's bad. That's true. That's so true. that's how book burning works. It's really simple. I, uh, I remember at the age of 13 reading Ball 4, and that had a lot of descriptions of genitalia and other things. Will you borrow me that book? You know what they should ban? No one borrows you anything. (laughs) They should ban fear and loathing in Las Vegas to anybody between the ages of 15 and 35. Mm -hmm. Nobody should read that book. They're banning Catcher in the Rye. I'm saying you must read it. Yeah, that kid bugs me. Why are you turned around looking at the... Uh, Holden Holden Caulfield. Uh, Do you guys see this? Look at how good this hair is today. Oh, my God. Have you combed it? It doesn't look like it's combed. No. Oh, sorry. Uh, 50, a horrible story from Kentucky. Oh. Uh, this is an awful story, uh, seriously. 59-year-old man died in southeastern Kentucky this week after he was attacked by a swarm of bees. Oh. Uh, do, do you know where the bees came from? This no. Is the, part the, the ground. The river. The ground. An old bag of potting soil from his porch. Yeah. Sitting in his porch. Yeah. And the bees were inside the bag. And, of course, he reached in to get some potting soil and boom. He was attacked by all the bees. Family who witnessed the attack attempted CPR until an ambulance arrived and transported the man to a hospital where the coroner reported he was pronounced dead at 5.50 in the afternoon on Monday. The U.S. Department of Agriculture recommends avoiding bees, which often nest in areas like pipes, holes, cavities within trees, and obviously in the dirt. If you encounter bees, do you know what you should do? I do Run. Leave them alone. Uh, Kenny's correct. The USDA says run fast toward an enclosed shelter like a vehicle or building and do not stop to help others, which I found an odd yep. addendum. It's right. like when a bear attacks. I'm trying to slow them down. I just yep. have to be faster than you. Right. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. As you run, pull your shirt over your head and use your arms to protect your face. Don't swat at the bees because, of course, they get angry. Well, wait a minute. Crush- what if you're yeah. allergic to they're them? They're pretty PO'd already if they're chasing well, you. If you get a million of them uh, bites, you're still going to die. It oh, okay. doesn't matter. That's an overdose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, crushed bees, did you know this, emit a smell that attracts more bees. So if you kill a few, crush them. Then more are going to show so up. So it's like so a shark with blood either. in the water, basically? Yep, apparently. Yeah. Wow, I did not Is know like that. like bee chum or something like Must that? Be. It one, seems like one, there's more bees this year. Doesn't it? No? Well, a lot, of people, uh, a lot of people like bees. Well, remember, there's honeybees, <laughs> and they're distinct from wasps and hornets. Like right. Don't kill the bees. Kill the wasps and hornets. No, kill them all. Kill the, uh, the roommate came up with some sort of a magic concoction witch's brew that she put in a Tupperware uh, thing, and mm-hmm. within hours, the thing was full of dead bees. Oh. No, you don't I, want to kill I bees. I wouldn't be killing yeah, bees. No, John, if I can't sit on my back step and enjoy myself the, because the of the bees, bees gonna I'm going to kill gonna them. I'm sorry. They're oh. going to be killed. They I don't care about the pollen and all that other S. 
Very That's important. why I can't breathe and my eyes itch because of pollen. Enough with the pollen. That's why they get killed. Wait a so let, These are very let me get that story straight. Very emotional. Did yeah, he buy a bag of potting no, soil? No, he had one no, sitting. He had there, it Rook. sitting on his porch. He left it on. His, I suppose he filled okay. a pot, and, and a <laughs> okay. week later he came back to fill it. <laughs> I got it. I'm, I'm got thinking it. about Dan Aykroyd and bag of glass. How about yeah. bag of bees? Bag of a swarm. <laughs> bag of swarm. <laughs> No, this is plenty safe. Look, yeah, look. look at this swarm here. <laughs> this poor guy died. Come on. Oh, oh that's. Oh nice yeah, and we go. better talk about because you guys yelled at me. Roger Whitaker has died. Yeah, you can wrap it up with Roger. Yeah. If Roger, if you're not familiar with him, he was. Uh, he did folk songs and easy listening ballads. He died September 12th near Toulouse in the south of France. He was 87 years old. He had uh, the cause of death complications following a long illness. He had retired to that region. Uh, interesting life. He was born to British parents in Nairobi, Kenya. Grew up there with the rhythms of East African music in his bloodstream. His grandfather apparently it didn't have any influence on him. <laughs> I'm glad you said it. I didn't want to, but uh, Roger learned to play the guitar at seven, developed a rich baritone in school choirs. Uh, he had uh, a couple of big hits. The biggest one, of course, was The Last Farewell, which everybody knows. I'm I sure. can't if, I can't play it. If you heard it, you, it, you'd know it immediately if you heard it. Because huh. I certainly it know huge... his name, but I can't come up with any what? of his songs. John, is this wrong? When I think of him, I also think of Slim Whitman and Boxcar Willie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Is that I think they're two really different things. Roger Whitaker wasn't really a country and western singer at all, and both the other two certainly were. Uh, he oh. was more of a folk, a folky. So folky I can't guy. think of a song of his. What about Sam listen Fear, to the last Pan, farewell? The You're going to know it. Yeah, that'd be closer. Yeah. Yes, the last farewell. Listen to that song. You'll know it right away. It was on every easy listening station for a hundred years. Why well, never listen to easy listening? Why did Slim? I like to hard listening. Why did Slim Whitman always buy ad time during All-Star Wrestling? I have no idea. There were a lot of um, musicians that bought time during All-Star Wrestling. Okay. That's, on Sunday I'm mornings. really, really happy to know yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I thought you. I thought you had. A, I thought you had a reason. No, I, I, I was ready. I, I, waiting I seriously wonder what the connection was. I, was, I'm not, I wasn't trying no, to. No, I'm just wondering who is Andre the Giant. Who is? <laughs> no, I'm just wondering who is Andre the Giant. Remember yesterday we were trying to decipher what Mr. Biden was saying at the UN. Yes. Oh yeah. And uh, Paul writes, my app for listening to podcasts allows me to slow down the speed. I tried 0.8 times and 0.5. X for Biden's intro to let me be clear. I still didn't get it, but it was something like realizing, and then inaudible, our institution and our drive to form relationships. That's the best I can do, huh. Paul. Got it. All right. Wow. So he can slow our voices down. That'd be fun. We've done that before on the show. We've played back the podcast. That's right. Can you do it right now? I'd like to hear from Rookie. You okay. Right, what would you like to hear? I'd like to hear about our friends at you know, Minnesota. Wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. You're not ready yet, bro. I'm not, I'm not ready yet. Do you know that this is the first anniversary of the town council? Oh, happy anniversary, Jim. Did not. Has oh. it been that quick of a year? I suppose we started huh. it right after the uh, right after and, the and fair Brian Oakley writes, as the first town council member, I noticed today that my annual membership was renewed. Happy one-year anniversary, wow. 
to those who celebrate. Mm-hmm. Over the year, I've watched younger, more inexperienced town council members receive hats and Fratelloni's gift cards, <laughs> new cars, etc. You'd think when I buy a membership like this, I'd get a free bowl of soup. In closing, let me remind your listeners of the eloquent and auspicious words you used to kick off the live stream one year, year ago. Big bleeping deal. Brand. <laughs> I think it's I funny. Say that, yeah. It's been a year. You know, in one year, I've forgotten what it's like to not have a Ferrari and live in a mansion and take a helicopter to work. I, I just don't remember what it's like being poor. I'm so wealthy now because of the town council. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, I was going to say something like that, but I was afraid to. <laughs> Uh, I'm always I've willing. been enriched. <laughs> I'm always willing to put my career in jeopardy. <laughs> always. <Yeah, laughs> While well, the, the rest of you cowards sit there. <laughs> yep. Did you hear his shot? You go ahead and call it a career. <laughs> call it a career. Yeah. Well, there we go. That's wow. a home run. I got a shot in. What the hell? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you. Well, Kenny, if you ever we'll need to, uh, yeah. if you ever get kicked off this podcast, there's another podcast I'd like you to check out and that's mnmasoniccharities.org's podcast masonic histories and mysteries and that is johnny schweitz and uh, fox news north's kevin gorg uh, they have a great podcast and they really have good chemistry if you want to ever check that one out that's a great option for another podcast find out more at mnmasoniccharities.org ready we ready can you hold, please? And hold his please. mama cries. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Souchere. May I take a brief moment back in time, gentlemen? Um, I bring you to all the way back to September 19th of 2023. That was yesterday. Yeah, I was going to say. Find that, though, Chris. Find it. it. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Judging Podcast number 1,154, September 19, 2023. So I did find the ability to play back an old episode and either speed it up or slow it it down. When's when's September 23rd? Saturday? That would be Saturday. 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 Well, maybe you want to note this for your calendar. Okay. There's a flyer going around called Transforming Families, Day of the Transgender Child, 2023. Oh. September 23rd, 12 to 5 p.m., Hidden Falls Regional Park in St. Paul, featuring... Special guests, Representative Lee Finke. Of course. And Representative Brian Curran. I'm unfamiliar with Brian Curran. Brian Curran is the 36B District House of Representatives, which serves portions of White Bear Lake, Vadness Heights, and Ramsey and Washington counties. I'll be damned. A Centennial High School grad from Circle Pines. She earned an Associates of Applied Sciences degree in law enforcement from Century College and a Bachelor of Science in Criminal Justice from Concordia. Mm -hmm. She worked in disability services for 20 years. She joined the White Bear Lake PD, serving as a volunteer police sergeant and 911 dispatcher from 15 to 18. And uh, Curran served as a deputy in the Chisago County Sheriff's Office in 2018 before retiring after developing PTSD after responding to a traumatic incident. 
don't have any other. Uh, she is married to uh, Brandy. She identifies as queer. Oh. Her wife is Brandy. I see. Well, Representative Lee Finke and Representative Breon Curran are the special guests at this event Saturday. They got the A-team, huh? They do. And uh, I can't possibly imagine... What time are you going? What takes place at such an event? <laughs> we got a food cart there. What do you got? Well, I know Hidden Beach is a good, um, Hidden Falls is a good place for bare ass beach. I mean, if you right. want to pop the any, tarp off. any uh, relationship to that whatsoever. I, oh. The venue, in fact, is even kind of symbolically interesting. It's hidden. It's yeah. Hidden yeah. Falls. Oh, that's why the name. And it's, you go Y'all down. Y'all can smell a, some reefer down there, too. <clears> you go down a steep hill, and there's a, a park. A boat launch that's and a shelter. That's shelter. But for, to, to find the Hidden Falls, you have to walk back because they are hidden. Thank you. That park is a gem that is not very well attended. I well, love. it will be Saturday because you have Transforming Families, Day of the Transgender Child. Boy, if that park could talk about my high school. Yeah. Yeah, that it's got a few secrets yeah, of mine too, yeah. and the roommate mm-hmm. I think as well. Joe, what's going on? Yeah, because I don't think I'm going to make it down. So, is there a bouncy house for the kids? Yeah, what do you do? A couple food trucks for apples or pin the tail. That's behind the uh, that's behind the uh, willow tree. <laughs> Bobbing okay, for look something. This up, Brooke. It says learn more at go to All that right. website. Well, I, I, well, I'm not well. leaving the show till I find out what they're doing there. Learn more at and then go to that website, please. Yeah. But why are we transforming families? I don't want to because I like mine. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Uh, but well, families can be different. That's fine. And if you if you choose to have your family, but um, I'm gonna. Stop talking. Well, in other I words, I think what trouble. you might be suspecting, and you could be wrong, you could be correct, it, it almost sounds like a recruitment uh, situation. I don't want to say that, but I just don't like how th- there seems to be a push for this type of movement. And I, again, if you want to be transgender, and that's go right ahead. But I just don't like this idea that we've got to push kids well, into Well, are this. there workshops and Well, that's clinics what we're looking up and, right now. Uh, we're yeah. trying to find that right because now. Because we have way too many examples of, you know, whether it's parades and whatnot of completely, complete inappropriate, and I'm not going to foghorn myself, behavior in, right in front of kids. And I'm sorry, there's, there's countless examples of that happening. And I'm hoping that this is not the case. Are you having no success with that website? Uh, that bit thing is it didn't go. But I here day of the transgender. All okay. I'm, I'm going through a back door here. Mm-hmm. Hey, now. So to speak. Poor choice. Uh, here we go. All are welcome. Uh, Except here's the for sponsors. Us. Earl Giles. I don't give a damn about the sponsors. What are they mm, going to do? That there? might be good to hear the sponsors. All right, give me the sponsors. Uh, Dean and Tom. From Edina Realty, Gender Justice, Pride Twin Cities, Art with a Point, um, Outfront Minnesota. Okay, learn more here at this, but that didn't work. Here's what we got. At the event, you can expect a robust resource fair. Right. New Day of the Transgender Child t-shirt design. Oh, boy. Drag tail time with Transforming Generations. Okay. Amazing guest speakers. Silent auction to help raise funds for TFF. Rainbow Bingo. 
I was going to say something really bad here. Uh, face painting mm. and all the family fun. That's mm. all it says. Um, nearby hotels. Yeah, that's it. That's. What if I identify as a unicorn with an alligator bottom? It should uh, be the place for you. Can I have an, a voice? I want to be heard. I want to be acknowledged. I want to be considered special. You are. <laughs> Already. Uh, have more? No. Anyway, back to Bob and Ray. Yeah. <laughs> Those nutty guys. Yeah, I don't see anything on this link. I think I know what the mayor should be doing on Saturday. Get on your scooter, head on down to the falls. Scooter ride right down there. Go down that hill, hope the brakes hold. And say, hey, what's up, everybody? Crack around. Picnic bench. Shake some hands, make some friends, kiss a few cheeks. Not if they've been freshly face painted. Whoa! I would bring your slide whistle with. Yep. And uh, don't plan on taking a shave when you're down there. Hey, guys, I'm here. Only because they come to us. Where? All the way from Eden Prairie, where the Lymans are ensconced until they once again begin their world travels. It's only because we get them from around the world that we do this day in history. Around the world, including Eden Prairie. On this day in 1863. Joe, today is September 20th. At the Battle of Chickamauga in Georgia, the 2nd Minnesota was one of the few Union units on hand to repel a fierce Confederate attack. Casualties claimed one-third of the regiment with 45 dead, and I don't think any of their descendants should pay one nickel in reparations to anybody. 103 wounded and 14 captured of the 382 engaged in battle. On this day in 1891, August Schell, founder of the August Schell Brewing Company in New Ulm, died. He was born in Durbach, Germany in 1828. Schell had moved to Minnesota in 1856. Four years later with Jacob Bernhardt, he founded a small brewery on the banks of the Cottonwood River. Anyone ever been? Mm -hmm. It's a neat place. I think I have. It's a neat place. And finally, on this day, <laughs> in 1939, September 20, James Brown. <laughs> I want to hear him again before we close out the show. Okay. But on this day in 1939, uh, September 20th, First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt was the keynote speaker at the first meeting of the Women's Institute in St. Paul. Hmm. That would have been quite... Uh, Quite a formal affair, I bet. I'll say. When you had the first lady in town, back when St. Paul actually was a functioning city that had people in it. That's true. People downtown. Yes, Kenny. Before you close, before you say thank you, GLers, throw it to me. I've got an idea. Well, I'll throw it to you right now because we're not going until we hear our friend down in uh, Georgia again. That's my idea. Our new thing starting the show. What's our new thing starting the show, Chris? Play it for us. Uh, Hail a flashlight, Kenny. No, no. 
that should be our new clothes. When Joe says, "That's enough." Thank you, GLers. <laughs> okay. You hit that, and then the outro music starts. Okay. But I do want to hear. You this. want the whole thing? I want the whole thing. All right. I had a chance to talk to a man who lives out here. He told me he actually heard the plane as it was flying past his house and crashing nearby, but he didn't know what it was. I'm almost October 6th. I'll, I'll be 72 years old. Randolph White retired from his job at the paper mill in Georgetown 10 years ago. He lives in this house with his wife in a very rural area of Williamsburg County. Well, it's nice and quiet and peaceful, and I don't I don't have to worry about people that no, close up tight. You know, I like space. He loves living about two miles away from where he grew up. Normally, it's pretty quiet, but on Sunday afternoon. I was in the uh, in the bathroom taking a shave, and I heard a, a screeching, solid between a screech and a whistle. I said, "What in the world is this?" And I heard a boom. <laughs> In my whole house show. White says he didn't realize it was a plane at the time, so he didn't call anybody. And I said, Well, if the airplane it needed to be reported, but the thing was flying just too low. So yesterday evening, I said, the helicopters, I'm out here walking, choppers keep flying around. I said, Well, something must like somebody must have robbed a bank or killed some people or whatever. I walked up there. They told me it was about, about the plane. The F 35B airplane wreckage created an extensive debris field. The wreckage is located off old georgetown road military security is very tight with numerous red and white signs on the side of the road that read no trespassing this area has been designated a national defense area just through the grace of god nobody didn't get hurt because the church right up there about a half mile about a mile of old georgetown road will be closed for an unknown period of time anything man man can malfunction mm -hmm. you know so you try to give him the benefit of the doubt but it, it needs to be investigated and the public need to know what really happened. You know, it, it, it shouldn't be kept a secret what happened because, you know, it could have been a major disaster. And we have all of the information that we have been able to gather about this crash at our website. Just log on to countonto.com. You count on two. Thank count you, sir. Two. Thank you for your... Did mm -hmm. you say thank you, GLS? What's... Uh... Oh, okay. No, what are you going to say, John? Go ahead. What's it, how do they distinguish? I was just looking at the county major water bodies. They have swamps and rivers. What what's the desert? What makes something a swamp? Well, a river would flow. <laughs> but but does a swamp Stay. No. Well, are you contesting a... whether a swamp would be a major water body? He's trying to well, FYI the bleeping no. news story. Yeah. I'm trying, it's got it's nothing to do does. with the news story. I'm looking at the What's it got to do with the news story? <laughs> the hell are you talking about? That is uh, a great rock and roll it, scream. It really is. That's Little really Richard. Is. It really or is. James Brown. Brown. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Thank you, GLers. <laughs> what in the world is this? Yes. What in the world is this? Yes. What in the world is this? Oh, that, right, that's our new ending. All right. I like that. That's a... Um, that's probably something you could find on YouTube. And if you want to see that video on YouTube, I want you to click over to the Garage Logic YouTube page For and then you subscribe. Non town council members, you're going to get a little taste via the YouTube channel today, courtesy of our friends at Bob and Ray. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Speaking of town council members, pass the word on. Ten bucks a month, $100 for the year, and you become a member of the town council. Go to garagelogic.com. And uh, we got some attire. We got some attire at garagelogic.com, too. It's almost the season. So of get what? your gifts early of anything. It's of right. attire. It's the attire season. All right, folks. Shout out. I'm going to go take a shave. Mm. <laughs>